Let's talk now to Gershon Baskin. He is a former peace negotiator who spent five years negotiating the release of an Israeli soldier in 2011 and he's currently in discussions with members of Hamas regarding the current situation and joins us from Jerusalem. Uh, Gershon, thank you for taking the time to talk to us. You're welcome. We, we just heard there from the son of Vivian Silver. I understand she is a friend of yours. Um, based on your yeah. contacts... With Hamas, what do you think is the prospect now of her and other hostages being released? <clears throat> I'd just say I, I know Vivian Silver for more than 30 years. We've worked together. We were on the board together of the Israeli-Palestinian Peace NGO Forum, and we've been colleagues for many, many years. She's a woman who I have enormous respect for, and she's very strong and, as her son said, very principled. And I hope and pray for her release with all the other hostages there are talks going on, led mainly by Qatar and Egypt. Personally, I have more confidence in the Egyptian track than the Qatari track. They're apparently not cooperating between them, but the Americans are putting most of their weight on the Qatari track. There are all kinds of things that are being talked about, and as Chen Vivian's son said, it's difficult to discern what's real and what's not real. In my experience of more than five years of trying to negotiate the release of Gilad Shalit when he was in captivity, was that almost everything that's in the media is put there as a distraction, is put there for information and disinformation to confuse the other side and to create pressure from the community. So it's very difficult. But my talks with officials on all, on all sides are not much assuring because um, it's not very clear who's in charge on the ground in Gaza, who's holding the hostages and who can make a decision. There are contradictory offerings being made in the various Hamas uh, media and spokespeople, different voices coming from Beirut, from Doha, from to inside of Gaza. So it's all very com and confusing. I'm sure that the Qataris and the Egyptians themselves are not 100% sure that the people they're speaking to can deliver at the end of the day. And then the deal that's being spoken about is morally very, very problematic. Why so? Well, they're, they're the latest Hamas uh, announcements were that they would be willing to release all of the hostages in exchange for all the Palestinian prisoners in Israel. First, we're dealing with thousands, thousands of prisoners. And secondly, we're dealing with 559 of them who have been convicted of murdering Israelis. Um, some of them are serving multiple life sentences for killing tens and even someone who's sitting there for killing more than 100 Israelis. Now, there's, no, there's no possibility whatsoever that if Israel were to agree to the deal for everyone for everyone, that the people in Israeli prison would be allowed to go back to their homes in the West Bank. Um, there's been suggestions that they should be all sent to Gaza. That's problematic as well, because Israel is in the midst of a war to eliminate the threat of Hamas and sending more prisoners uh, released to Gaza is problematic, even though that most of the prisoners are not Hamas. Most of them are from other Palestinian political movements. But the war is going on there, and then Israel would be go after all these prisoners who would be released. Maybe an idea is to take the 559 and maybe others who are considered dangerous and to send them to Qatar. The Qataris have been sponsoring Hamas for years and hosting the Hamas leadership in Doha for many, many years. Even the time at the time of the World Cup, they were hosting the Hamas leadership in Gaza, and they've uh, funded Hamas with more than a billion dollars over the years. So maybe the best solution is to send the most dangerous 
terrorists released from prison over to Qatar. Let them deal with them. Okay, and we heard Ken there talking about his hopes that his mother is healthy and well. Is there anything from your discussions that you know or can share with us about the conditions or the safety of those hostages? The only thing that we know is that the four women who were already released all said that they were not physically abused, they weren't tortured, they were fed, not a lot of food, one meal a day. Um, but they were more or less taken care of in terms of their basic needs. And we don't know if that's the case with all the hostages. As Chen said, there are infants there, there are young children, there are elderly people and sick. We know that some of the hostages were taken wounded, and we don't know if they have the ability to take care of them. I imagine they're spread out all across the Gaza Strip in tunnels underneath the ground. We don't know the quality of air, if there's drinking water, all, all kinds of questions we don't know. When they held one Israeli soldier for five years and four months, they kept him well. He was a very valuable asset. But the proportions, the dimensions of the problem now are so much bigger and so much more exceptional than, than the case of one Israeli soldier. Okay, and you have described this whole situation as a disaster for all of us. Um, Do you have any light of hope at all? Uh, You know, what do you think it would take for people on both sides to say no more? Well, I I think first we have to resolve this issue of the hostages. And it seems to me that the Israeli government is now paying more attention to the hostage issue than they were two weeks ago. There's a lot of pressure from the society and from the families of the hostages to make this the number one issue. And I think that the reason we haven't seen the full-scale Israeli incursion into Gaza is because they're trying to exhaust every possibility. And the and the, minim, the small incursion uh, into Gaza so far is aimed at, I think, putting more pressure on Hamas to deal with the hostages. In the post-war situation, whenever that will be, however it will end, I don't see a scenario where Hamas is going to be governing Gaza and threatening Israel. There will be a new reality there, and there's a need for a whole deep, detailed international plan that includes some kind of, I would think the best tool is a multinational Arab force that would go there with a very limited mandate to demilitarize and stabilize while the international community uh, forces the Palestinians or enables the Palestinians to conduct democratic elections for a new government that would represent them in Israel, in the West Bank, East Jerusalem, and Gaza, and that the international community led by the United States has to commit itself to a solution to the Israeli-Palestinian conflict that, end, that includes the end of the Israeli occupation of Palestine and the enablement of the Palestinian people to have self-determination. Now, I would expect when that happens that countries like Ireland and uh, other countries in the West that have talked about a two-state solution for 20 years and more would finally come out and recognize the state of Palestine. Um, If you're going to talk about a two-state solution, and I don't know if it's viable, but if you're going to talk about it, then at least put your money where your mouth is and recognize the second of the two states that you're talking about. And that, I would think, is is a requirement for anyone who wants to get involved in helping to deal with the post-war situation here. Okay. Okay. Well, that was uh, Gershon Baskin. Thank you very much for joining us on the line.